Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Art Blitz, right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Blog Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez, episode 230 in the house. And we are going to be talking with Troy Wilson, college football guru, uh, with the interviews today for the new No Joke Football Huddle. We are going to have the phenom quarterback, uh, Brooke Leach, from the Kansas City Titans, talking WFA playoffs. And in a couple minutes here, we are going to have the legendary Mary Rose Roach, former LFL standout with the Philadelphia Passion and current running back of the Los Angeles Warriors. She'll be in the house in about 15 minutes here. We are going to have an exciting show today, plus a big international flair in uh, championship form, and that was over in Sweden as the Carlsbad Crusaders with Linda Johansson, uh, Kareen Olin, and... uh, uh, Emma Sanjo out there in the Carlsbad Crusaders uh, upset, get the win, 30-22. to 22. They beat the two-time champion Oroville Black Knights, Min Ming Zhao and company out there. Um, so they literally uh, took care of business. They were coming in as underdogs uh, versus Oroville, and they cash in their first championship. You can get to check out all the highlights via our social media sites on Facebook, Instagram, also on Twitter. So uh, congratulations to Linda Johansson and company as uh, first year at quarterback, and she just takes care of the Crusaders, takes them all the way to the Swedish championship. And so it's an amazing uh, feat at this point. Um, And she just, you know, a good season. Coming into the playoffs here, they – they, they punch it in, they, they stood strong, and now they win uh, the championship. So, uh, Troy, uh, welcome aboard. How are you doing today? Doing well, man, doing well. Just, um, you know, enjoying the summertime and trying to get some sunlight out there, man. So, ready to talk some football. All right. Um, so, Troy, on the, um, the links that I sent you, uh, you might have to use Google, Google Translate at some point, but uh, we can maneuver through that. It's not a big deal. Um, some of those, uh, sometimes we'll have to just kind of maneuver on that, okay? So don't worry about that. Um, so, Troy, pretty exciting times over in Sweden. Uh, the Carlsbad Crusaders, as you mentioned right now, they, they went all the way down. They had a good team all season, and then Orbro, two-time champions, kind of steamrolled through the season as well, and they, they met up here. It was 22-22 to 22 in the fourth quarter, and then Carlsbad, gets the final puncher in there and they uh, edge it out 30, uh, I think 30 to 22 with 39 seconds left. So they, they punch in the championship. I don't know if you've seen the trophy uh, out in Sweden, but it is a huge trophy. This is not a mini trophy. This is huge. It's like a cup. 
So is it like almost the size of the Stanley Cup, bigger than the Stanley Cup? I haven't seen the trophy as yet. Um, it's similar to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> it's huge trophy. <laughs> we even had we even had the girls from Gridiron Victoria uh, uh, kind of question it uh, on our Facebook page, going, "Our our little mini trophy has nothing compared to this trophy." <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was huge trophy. When you get to see it, you're gonna be like, "What <laughs> what is this?" Uh, yeah, it's a huge trophy. Uh, but uh, you know, they they play tough. They did their they did their matchup. We'll get the link up there as soon as the game is finalized via YouTube so you guys can watch it. But it's a very competitive game, 22-22 down to the wire. And then Carlsbad, like I said, Linda Johansson and company, they take care of business. They edge the um, Orable Black Knights, two-time champions. They were looking for their third championship. Um, they edge them 30-22. to 22. You get all the ins and outs on our Facebook and Twitter feed. We're all over it, uh, all, all over it like, uh, like mustard and mayo on a sandwich. That's what we were all weekend. So we were, like, just salivating on the uh, Swedish League final. So a uh, pretty awesome pretty awesome weekend of football. Um, then, uh, Troy, we also had Legends Football League, and we already knew these two, these two weeks we talked about it. Uh, Los Angeles coming into Denver, sort of, you said it, this, this was, should, have been an e- should be an easy win for the temptation. And uh, your girl out there, um, Kenny, uh, she, she, she literally plays good, and then Nas Johnson stands out, and we get a 47-7 uh, temptation win. They, their playoff hopes still alive, uh, given the results of Seattle and Austin in the remaining games, but this is it. They, they could have gone 0-4. They did not. They punch it in, and on the road, 1-3 is when they finish the season. Yeah, man, it's, it's, I know it has to feel good to get off that, um, you know, to get off that 0 um, and to get that one win. Um, and surprisingly, there are talks about, you know, Coach Tui possibly losing his job. I'm not sure he would deserve that, I mean, especially with all the injuries that they had, especially at the quarterback position. I think Tui is such a great coach. So I think he definitely deserves, uh, you know, a reprieve and, and get another chance at this. But um, it's got to feel good to get that win. But, yeah, I mean, it was kind of expected. Um, you know, they, they just weren't playing a very good team. We kind of knew that going into it. But, again, congratulations to L.A. getting that, off, getting that off of them and to at least have that feel-good feeling of getting a win. Well, Troy, we already knew the Denver experiment continues. Uh, the quarterback, they switch out. Last week they had a different quarterback. This week they go back to Perea. And so uh, the only intangible on Denver is they have a, a very good defense. Um, and so that's what the only thing that was on display against Los Angeles, I think, was a very tough defense on one side. Two, two standout players um, on, on Denver. And so that, that was their key, basically, just kind of keeping things under 44 points. Otherwise, they would have been, you know, allowing their customary over 80 points a game since their last two seasons in, 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 uh, in play. But uh, um, you got to hand it out to they – they, they used so and then they kind of cut back off. Uh, and then uh, Tui kind of went with uh, Nas Johnson because I think she was just the faster, lower, lower uh, uh, run runner, and the defense had a bit a bit of trouble. So it's kind of like just you know shove it until they can't stop it, I guess. There you go. I mean, you you got to find a weakness and just keep grinding it in on them. And uh, you know, I, I don't think teams do that enough. Is to um, you know just basically pound on the team 
uh, on on their weak spot until you know they try until they either stop it or the other team or they score. And you know I would like to see more teams do that, but I think you know a lot of people are worried about um, kind of the entertainment factor and, and, and things of that nature. But you know you like to see that, just like you said. I mean, you denies that are pounded, and you, you. But you know what? I'm wondering what that defense that Denver has. I wonder how it's going to translate. I mean, they're going to have to figure out getting some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, and for this continued experiment to, to, you know, for this experiment to continue, rather. And I don't know, man. I mean, you know, they're going to have to do some heavy recruiting out in the Denver area and um, try to get some athletes up there to, you know, so they can try to score some points because this is the second year in a row now where it just has been completely anemic offensively. And um, you want to see, you know, the league be more competitive. And I think if they start to get a little bit more talent, on the offensive side of the ball, and also on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, but, you know, if they continue to get some athletes up there, I would like to see this team start to compete a little bit more. But the last two years has really been tough for them up there. You know, you know we'll see if it improves. Troy, um, these two weeks in Legends, week uh, week 10 and week 11 here, just slaughters. I mean, Nashville, we'll get to see uh, Nashville this weekend, uh, an 80-0 to zero just slaughter of Omaha. It's just, 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 but I don't know. That was, just, we already knew that that was going to happen. You know, the, the, the fact that they were on that schedule, they were going to play the last schedule. They're undefeated. It's going to be the layoff. That's going to be a factor for Nashville. Can they stay motivated until the playoffs? Because if that's their last game, they get an 80 to zero blowout. They blow out Denver the previous uh, week, 94 to 20 on the previous game. And so, I mean, that's not competitive. So, it, you know, coming into the playoffs, are we questioning whether the Knights are going to be enough or are they going to be durable enough? We know they're talented enough. Can they stay durable enough to when they go up against somebody that's probably played a lot more games closer to that edge next to the playoffs and they're going to be a little bit more, um, you know, consistent, in other words? I just think that that team has so much leadership from the coaching position, from the players' positions, um, I, I don't think they will allow themselves to get complacent and not take any, you know, and, and I guess, you know, for lack of a better word, um, kind of stroll into the playoffs. I mean, this team is actually, I think that's when they feel like their real season is beginning. Because the last two weeks for them, has, it's been sort of like preseason football for them. Um, but I think this team has enough veteran leadership that they can turn on the playoff starts and the real bullets, so to speak, start to fly. Uh, yeah, I don't have. I really don't have any concerns with that team because they have so much that leadership that they got over from Seattle, from the coaching staff, the players. I, I really feel like when they get into the playoffs, they are actually holding back some of the things that they can do right now. So I want to see what they look like when they do play these upper echelon teams because they, Lord knows, they've had enough time to work on a bunch of things, whatever they wanted to, to see what their strengths are. And I think that's one of the good things that you get from, you know, maybe you don't get enough of that competition, but you get to work on some things that maybe, you know, extend your arsenal a little bit in your playbook and, and, and kind of push your team to the limits and push your players to the limits. It also allows you some players involved that, that typically wouldn't be if you were in a close game. So that allows you to build a little bit of depth. So there are pros and cons to it, but I just think with the leadership and, and the way that team is built, 
I don't have any um, I don't have any qualms about them not having as much competition because I think they'll be ready. All right, so Troy, we get ready for Week 12 this weekend, July 14th. Conwell and company coming into the Atlanta, hot Atlanta, and uh, Atlanta played pretty well against Seattle. They edged Seattle. Here is their Achilles heel, the Chicago Bliss, and you would you you know that Coach Hack wants to have come into Atlanta and just just put another win on them, just to put a statement on them. And uh, they would fall to basically one and two, at, actually, at this point. And they'd be fighting for their lives uh, at, for playoff positioning, uh, considering the Knights are already in, you know, pretty much punched their ticket. So Chicago really, uh, on the road here, uh, Jane Caldwell and company really, uh, you know, they're going up against Christelle Harris. And <laughs> you know Christelle Harris would not want to lose <laughs> this game to uh, Coach Hack. And so, so this is going to be an interesting matchup coming here this weekend as the Atlanta Steam hosts the Chicago Bliss. Oh, yeah. That's gonna, I mean, it's going to be so much excitement surrounding this game just because of all those storylines that you mentioned. You know, Atlanta, you know, having Chicago be there at Achilles Hill, but then you got Chris Harris to switch teams, and now she's in Atlanta. Is that going to change Atlanta's fortunes? And also, how is that going to play once both of those teams get into the playoffs? It's just going to be very interesting. So I'm definitely tuning in for this game because I'm, I'm you know, everyone is a sucker from Montreal. It's be really at an all-time high. I mean, listen, Chris Harris is one of the best players, if not the best player in the LFL. She's also one of the best talkers. It's one of the reasons why they always mic her up. So you know this is going to be a game where she's mic'd up, and they're going to definitely want to hear the things that she's saying to her former teammates. So, guys, definitely tune in for this one. This is going to be a barn burner. This is going to be some knockout, drag out fighting. I want to see if it's going to be a close game, if it's going to be a shootout. It's really hard to tell because these teams, you know, they know each other very well. So, I'm anticipating it's going to be a close game, um, and we'll see who wins it. I'm not ready to pick yet who I think is going to win, uh, but I, it's going to be a dance again. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh... – Atlanta's got the better squad in terms of talent, and you saw um, the the running game was pretty awesome. So it's just a matter of Chicago stepping up on offense. If they can, if they can step up on offense, James played pretty well. I think this will be their their first big test uh, besides Los Angeles. They played the Temptation twice, so this will be their third big test. And if they can get past Atlanta one more time, I think they're ready. It'll be Nashville that they'll have to face and. And if anything, uh, Nashville, like I said, is just so it's such on a high right now. With so much, so much talent. It's just ridiculous. It's the word now. Just ridiculous in Nashville uh, in terms of talent. Just not, not even funny. Um, so at this point, it's going to be a great game. Atlanta taking on Chicago, and that's going to be uh, at the Win It Center. And I will keep tabs on that this week as well. Well, there's, there's also the issue with Atlanta right now is one and one. They can't afford to lose this game. I mean, Chicago, you know, they're 2-0 and right now. They have a little bit of a buffer zone, but not necessarily a comfortable one, you know. So, I, this is a huge game for Atlanta. I'm paying for what's at stake. They're going to have to come out with their A game. This is going to be huge for them. So, you know, I'm kind of starting to lean a little bit toward Atlanta. They do have the talented team, and they, they're the more desperate team. So, I think that's a good formula for a winning team right there. If uh, Dakota Hughes' uh, groin injury is better, 
she's got to be on point. Receivers has got to be on point. But they do have the X factor, and I do. I will give it to you, like you said. I will give it to the steam uh, taking this one because if Del Del Harris plays as as gritty as she's played in the last game and she plays at her level, uh, I don't think even Chicago will be able to contain her. Yeah, agreed. But then, you know, and think about how they use her in Chicago. I mean, they really gave her a lot of time off. And, you know, this she just had her first game last week. Is she going to be able to stay healthy for the rest of the season? That's also something they have to worry about because it seemed like Chicago had their reasons for why they didn't want to overwork her um, in the past two seasons, as a matter of fact. And is that going to be an issue also for Atlanta? And she's still learning the playbook. I mean, you know, she was mic'd up. She still was having some some troubles as far as like where to line up and and you know if, if the Hughes is not out there and you have your backup quarterback out there, uh, you know that, that that is a huge factor right there. That's just something that we're gonna definitely have to keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree, and I think that that's going to be the key is uh, how cohesive is the steam um, because I think uh, Michelle Angel really kind of exploited some of their things early and she went toe-to-toe with them. And so against Chicago, it's going to be really uh, whether they can stay toe-to-toe with them because once uh, Coach Hack gets into a defensive mode and they start creating turnovers, it could be a nightmare for, for the team. I agree with that, man. It's, 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 man, uh, Coach Hack, you know, when, when it comes down to, to coaching, I mean, he's up, he's up there with the upper echelon. So – he just going to have his guys ready. I mean, they're going to start chopping out there. So, I'm definitely keeping my eye on this game. This is going to be a huge game uh, right here in the middle of the season uh, for both of these teams. So, what the latter half, actually. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a barn burning now. Can't wait for this. All right. So, we recap uh, LFL Week 10. Temptation, their playoff hosts rely on Seattle or Austin at this point or Denver. Uh, they took care of Denver 44-7. Uh, you can watch it if you want to watch it. It's a pretty entertaining game. Uh, Denver D was pretty impressive for me. They, they played their hearts out. Los Angeles are really in a must-win stood out, and they, they, finally co- they finally get a quarterback combination running game, so that was really good. And then Tui going off on the refs was a bonus, basically. Uh, so you can get to watch that, Los Angeles versus Denver. Then this weekend, you get to watch the – uh, what would you call it, uh, Troy? The, the 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 demolish of the heart or the heart stroke, eighty to zero. Nashville Knights just pull the heart through right in. So that's just, this is this weekend, uh, week eleven. I think the scientific name for that is called a beat down. I think that's it. A beat down, a beat down, homie. Yeah, yeah. I think Ralston. Ralston was just. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, you'll get to see it live. You'll get to see the. Uh, between Denver and Omaha, they're just so anemic in this L Legends Football League the last three seasons that it's just not cool to watch those kind of games. And these blowouts doesn't do a good a good job for the brand. But anyways, it happens sometimes, and this is the way it is. Middle of the season, better to happen now than at the end of the season when we get to towards a playoff mentality. But anyways, 80-0, to zero, you're going to get to see the Knights just completely pull a clinic on Omaha. And so uh, that'll be on, on Legends Football League channel. Then you get preview week 12, Chicago uh, Bliss taking on Atlanta Steam. That will be this weekend. And it, like Troy says, crucial game for the Atlanta Steam and must win for them. 
the Blitz can't afford to lose, but there you go. All right. Um, so we're waiting for, I think uh, Mary Rose should be calling in here uh, in a little bit. Uh, hopefully she, she got her message as well. We kind of got her in uh, last minute here with the Warriors and we did communicate back and forth. Um, Troy, let's talk about uh, WFA here. We've got tier one. We talked about it last week with Amanda Congeldi and uh, the Boston Renegades, DC, Boston. It's going to be a really big clash. Um, we all kind of anticipate a duel here, and that's what's going to be. And then we also have Kansas City on the slate, which we're going to have Brooke Leach here in about another half hour. And we're, she's going to be taking on Los Angeles Warriors, and we should be chatting here with Mary Rose Roach soon here in a little bit. So uh, what do you think of those two matchups? You know, DC's been on top for a while. Um, I'm, and, and I was a little bit hard on but you know what? That, that team really, they put it together. I'm putting it together this year. And, you know, you got to be proud of the effort. I just think right now they are the best team um, in the WFA. So I'm definitely going to go with them uh, to, to win um, in Boston. Uh, excuse me, against Boston. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup, though. I mean, listen, Boston has come on the, the past few years, and they, they really got together. And they've improved teams, but have they improved enough to beat championship DC teams who have been playing for the champ? They played for the championship, well, won the championship two uh, two years in a row, and then you know until Dallas won it last year. Um, but listen, I, I just think right now that they are hungry. Um, it's still it's still a bad taste in their mouth that they didn't uh, make it to the championship and win it last year. So I think that they're hungry to do that this year. Yeah, and I think that's the key right there. As Amanda was saying, um, you know, it's their biggest rival. This is kind of like a, a clash. And what better way to go out? It's This is kind of like Saskatoon Regina, you know, that kind of mentality like they have in Canada. It is Saskatoon Regina mentality. It's, you know, local local East Coast. Um, so, you know, I know you're a homer, so you're probably going to be pulling for the Divas here. But uh, I think it's going to be a great duel. Uh, bought, uh, DC coming off the dismantle of the Atlanta Phoenix 56-0 and Boston just taking care of Pittsburgh and I think that was a surprise to everybody 63-26 to from that final um, so that was most well for that Kansas City is going to be hosting Los An- I mean Kansas City will be hosting Los Angeles and the Titans coming off a 67-10 to victory over Arlington and then you had LA obviously take care of the Portland Shockwave 39 to six. So there is the, the key games right there for tier one. Uh, let's, let's preview tier two here. Minnesota will be taking on mile high mile high coming off that 23 to 16 edge of San Diego rebellion key game. there, a pretty tough game as well. Um, and then you have Minnesota who took care of Wisconsin 35 to seven. It's a, it's a duel here. This is a big test for mile high, uh, more of a, Crucial, uh, I think, test for my eye because to see where they stand, Minnesota literally uh, is, a, is a step, one step closer to a championship, which they've been here before. Uh, this is one of the things that they strive for this season. So there should be no reason why they can't earn this. But uh, we could have a surprise if Milehead plays a pretty decent defensive game here. Um, Tampa Bay, Troy, will take on New York Sharks. 
that will be live via New York Sharks on Facebook Live. This is going to be a pretty awesome game. You don't want to miss it. The Tampa Bay Inferno has have been um, ousted of a championship the last two seasons because of the St. Louis Slam. St. Louis Slam no longer in the picture. So it is one step closer for the Inferno to return to the national spotlight. Uh, the scenario and storyline here is obviously, as we talked to Neil Rosenthal before, the scenario and story here is New York versus Minnesota is what people would want. This would be the rematch of uh, the 1999 uh, matchup that started it all back in, in, 2000, in 1999, the women's uh, barnstormer tour, Minnesota, New York. So this is going to be a key. Uh, this is 20th season for both teams. So this is a big, big matchup. If New York can get past uh, Tampa Bay and if Minnesota can get past Mile High, we will see a championship of the first time, basically, where two teams, 20 years in tenure, will face each other for a national championship. So it's a pretty awesome storyline. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, especially with uh, Minnesota, I mean, they've they've been so close um, so many times. And then you got Mile High, who, um, you know, we spoke about them uh, two weeks ago as far as, like, you know, the, the strength that they have on their team. And so it's going to be um, it's going to be a, a, a pretty decent clash. I mean, I, I just think right now Minnesota is just extremely hungry, uh, being so close recently. I just think that they they'll have the edge on that. Um, this this um, Tampa Bay team, a lot of points scored against Jacksonville. Um, are they going to be able to keep that up against this New York team, against the New York Sharks? Now, both of these teams can, can score, but are they going to be able to uh, go point for point with the Sharks? And, you know, the Sharks, that's a veteran squad. That's a, that's a veteran squad right like there. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure – you know, I want to see I want to see how that pans out also. I mean, is it going to be a shootout or is it going to be where, you know, uh, Tampa is overwhelmed? So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll tune in for that one. That's going to be a very key matchup defensively. One of the best teams, probably Tampa Bay. Uh, offensively, the Sharks have played really well offensively as well. Uh, Karen Mulligan, legendary quarterback, Karen Mulligan, uh, looking for a finale finish here for the Sharks, the 20th season. They are looking for the trophy. Uh, it, would be, it would be fitting, of course. Uh, New York goes all the way, and Andrea Douglas literally retires the team and with a championship to boot. That's pretty awesome to put up there in the history books. Oh yeah! Anytime you can go out as a champion, man, you want to do that. I mean, that's 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 the ultimate prize right there. So that's where we're at right now. Uh, New York was came off a 55 to 36 victory over Columbus, and then the uh, Inferno uh, beat down uh, Jacksonville 48 to seven. So both of these uh, offenses can score points based on what they did the previous uh, in the semis. So uh, we're looking forward to that great matchup here. Um, then in Tier 3, the Arkansas Wildcats will take on the Rocky Mountain Cats, who surprised everybody. So the Cats were, <laughs> were number 17 out of the Tier 3 contenders. Uh, you have number 1, Arkansas. You have number 4, Orlando, surviving. And you have number 7, Richmond. So uh, talk about underdogs. They, they took care of the Colorado Freeze 13-12. to 12. They are in the dance. 
and now they're looking to try to pull the biggest upset in their franchise. And if they beat Arkansas for some odd reason, this would be the biggest upset in terms of a WFA team just barely making the playoffs and maybe edging Arkansas, which I don't think that'll happen, but it could happen, right, Troy, if they have enough guts and muster. In the words of Chris Berman, that's why they play the games. Got to play the game. So, I mean, anything could happen. I mean, you could have an injury. You could have, um, you know, your team all of a sudden it just matches up well with, with you know, what it is match up that well, uh, you know, Arkansas. But I'm going to go Arkansas. I think Arkansas is just way too talented. They score too much. They're too strong defense. I think Arkansas is definitely going to take it. But congratulations to the Cats. Uh, getting to the dance and beating Colorado in a tough game. I mean, anytime you win a close game like that, man, I mean, it, it boosts your confidence for the next week. So, again, anything could happen. Anything could happen for these teams. All right. So, you can get uh, you can catch, catch that game, the Tier 3 um, final there uh, on the uh, east side, eastern side, and it'll be covered by x0sports.com, x0sports.com. And that'll be over in Arkansas. So Arkansas Wildcats taking on Rocky Mountain Cats, Thundercats. And then Arkansas was coming, uh, coming off a 74-0 to uh, win over Austin Outlaws. And the Cats coming edging the Colorado Freeze 13-12. to Orlando was here last year as well, like Arkansas. Orlando got here uh, with a 61-20 uh, win over the Mississippi Royalty. And then they're taking on the Richmond Black Widows. Black Widows get here um, with a 12-6 to victory over the Toledo Reign. So this game, I think, Troy, is going to be a little closer unless Richmond somehow um, their defense doesn't contain Orlando. It could run away, and we could see another 61-20 to like they, like they took care of the Minnesota Royalty. Richmond is um... – they're really up and coming team, I believe, but I just think Orlando's way too much fire. Um, you know, the Orlando one in the room did that. I mean, that, that's the beat that right there. One of the I mean, they, they, they think themselves how they're going to suck team down. And uh, they did a job on that with uh, the defense in Toledo to sequence. Uh, um, but, you know, it's going to be a tough test. I mean, this is when the playoffs start. The land got to be Orlando Arkansas right now. They just they can't wait to you know to get on the field and score some points because they they really put the points up for it. So um, I think Orlando is really the uh, game. One you know they, they're they're looking at the Division Three title, and I think right now I would say I know Arkansas is one of the bigger favorites, but I think Orlando right now will be my favorite winner. And that's going to be a great matchup. It'll be the rematch if everything works out as it looks like on paper. Now, we will have a rematch in Tier 3, uh, Orlando, Arkansas. And to your point, Troy, what better way uh, to go back to the finals and you're going to meet up with the team that literally beat you the year before, which is literally a clash of – it's more of a rivalry now than anything. So we're looking at Tier tier 3 where we're might, we might see a rematch of – the 2017 championship, which is Arkansas Wildcats against Orlando Anarchy. Championship weekend begins July 27th through July 28th 
It's July 27th, 3 p.m., Division Three championship title game. At, at 7 p.m., Division Two title game. Saturday, All-American game at 3 p.m., Division One title via ESPN3. It'll be at 7 p.m. That'll be the WFA uh, W Bowl. I think they're still calling it the W Bowl, or it would be considered the WFA National Championship once again. And for the event tickets and all that, it would be www.wfachamps.com, wfachamps.com. So get your tickets, set up yourself in Atlanta. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be there uh, because of previous things with family and stuff like that. But uh, we'll, we'll have Tracy Day, who's going to be trying to do some uh, Snapchat takeovers uh, during the, uh, that weekend. So we'll look forward to the Snapchat takeovers on our Gridiron uh, Beauty account on Snapchat. If you haven't gone there yet, go to snapchat.com and look Gridiron Beauty. And we do athlete takeovers, and we have no joke football brand specials. So check it out. So once again, you get uh, for the event information and tickets, you're looking at WFAChamps.com. So um, let's see here. 2018 USWSFL, the United States uh, Women's Football League national title game, will be broadcast via YouTube, uh, courtesy of Charleston Sports Net, Charleston Sports Net, and it'll be the North Florida Pumas taking on the uh, Washington Prodigy at 7 p.m. And the Washington Prodigy looking for their second national uh, championship in the USWFL. And that will be July 14th this weekend. Get details at uswfl.net. Or you can get the links on our Facebook page as they come about. Um, so David and Jennifer Johnson own the uh, USWSFL. They've taken it over since 2017. They've done a very good job with the league. And so uh, in 2017, the Washington Prodigy defeated the Houston Wildcats 44 to zero. Don't see a different outcome here unless, um, you know, unless the Pumas can come up with some sort of strategy here for Washington. Looks like Washington might be the next victor. Ironman title, Tri-City 28-0 against West Virginia Wildfire. And that was back in 2017. So the Ironman championship is going to be the Tri-City Center defending their title against the Hampton Roads Lady Gators. So that's your uh, USWFL information. The IWFL uh, stuff is just literally so unorganized and uncoordinated. Uh, You can either go to Burmy to get the information, or you can go directly to the IWFL, the Women's Football League, on Facebook, which there's no information there, Troy, by the way. So anyways, there you go. So USWSFL and the WFA weekend. So pretty pretty awesome weekend this uh, uh, last weekend of July, Troy. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of football, a lot of things shaking out at the end. You know, a lot of questions that, you know, were asked at the beginning of the year, they're about to be asked now. This is around the time where everybody is kind of healing up and getting their stuff together and, and, and all the excitement out there. So this is always the best time of the year for these weeks. All right. So other things that you guys can uh, dive into besides Troy Weekly here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Block Talk Radio. And we really want to uh, thank everybody for uh, th- taking us over almost to 6,000 fans on Facebook. We are literally almost at 6,000 on Instagram, over 6,000 on Twitter. Uh, we are approaching literally 20,000 on all social media accounts. And that I would not have even imagined when I started this back in 2009. And now we are almost going to be at 20,000 strong. So um, I don't know, Troy, this has been like a storm in a way, and we're still growing. We got a lot of international 
followers now from everywhere, um, from Brazil now, from Australia, uh, all over Europe now. So um, thanks, everybody, for following us, for liking our Facebook page, for checking us out on Twitter, for uh, going over to Snapchat, and checking out our gallery on Instagram. So it's been very, very awesome, and I really appreciate it. And take advantage of our No Joke Football specials. Um, those happen weekly at Zazzle.com, and you can get up to 25% off on Zazzle gear. And every purchase of Zazzle gear, once we tally $25 or more, goes to our wish list. And we have a wish list of a lot of players on that list. Um, and then we ship out gear, shirts, leggings, tees, to those individuals interested and are in support of bringing awareness to the women's American football game globally as well. So check out our Zazzle shop at Gridiron Beauties. You can go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Get our link on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check it out up to 25% off. Use the daily codes and save big. Um, so this past month, we have literally been rocking it. And uh, we have basically earned almost $200 this month. So we are going to be shipping out a lot of gear to all those folks that we had on the wish list before. So uh, stay tuned for those to get contacted but thanks to everybody to go into our zazzle shop you can uh reminder if you go to zazzle.com under the worldwide tab under worldwide tab at the very bottom you can get your country code and you can order directly from your country so you pay less taxes less uh fees for overseas shipping and all that stuff so check it out zazzle.com forward slash grand beauties and if you're in europe australia or overseas go to the worldwide tab click the country code of your preference and order directly from there. So really, really appreciate everybody doing that. And I appreciate you guys making this huge month of July an awesome month. So uh, Troy, um, let's see here. We have BAFA women announced uh, this weekend, uh, uh, the, ba the Birmingham Lions are putting together a, a three-team transatlantic tournament. It is called the Pro Cloud Transatlantic Championship Tournament sort of like the best of the West type tournament. It's going to feature, this is August 31st through September 2nd. It's going to be the New York Sharks will travel to London or England or Birmingham at this point. And the Helsinki Wolverines, the champions of the Finnish league, they will also travel there. It will be the Birmingham Lions taking on the New York Sharks, Helsinki Wolverines in a three-team uh, tournament. That was the breaking news this week. So it was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. It's that, man, transatlantic games, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you want to do, right? I mean, that, that helps, you know, especially now the game is very is, is global. We can we can say that the game is global. And, you know, when other countries get a chance to see how, you know, um, the others, like in the U.S., compete. I just think this is a great bridge for the game. So anytime they can do that, that's always a great thing. Yeah, and who would have thought you, you're going to get a WFA representative, a SAJL representative, a Maple League a champion, and you're going to get the Birmingham Lions, the BAFA women champion, three competitive teams. And you know what? You don't know at the we don't know at this point. The Sharks might be the tier two national champs when they fly over to uh, to England. That would be that's going to be awesome. Three international champions in one tournament. That's that's huge. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's 
you know, you got three champions coming in. I mean, you, everybody has bragging rights. I mean, you know what? They can go ahead and bring the trophies, and, and I think they should have all three trophies with them. I'm not sure how they're going to be able to get that on a flight from New York, but <laughs> I think that would be awesome to have all three trophies there, have it on display, and, and showing all the fans, you know, uh, what the championship is like. And I just think they should all be able to celebrate something like that. This is a momentous occasion. And I think it would be a great thing if that happens that way. All right, guys. Uh, if you guys go to our Facebook page, you guys can check out week three of the Maple League in Finland. It is the Roosters, Helsinki Roosters taking on the St. Spirit of Valkyries. Great matchup. 26-24 to 24 was the um, the score. Great defensive game. Pretty good, uh, pretty good, awesome matchup. Check it out on our Facebook page. Week three, Roosters versus Valkyries. Uh, that's going to be an awesome game. And so at, at this point, uh, I, you know, you just got to watch it. Pretty awesome game. Then on our Facebook page, Sam Gordon, um, it's, uh, there's a Nike video that Nike did for Sam Gordon. Kind of showcases the Utah Girls Football League at this point. And so uh, check it out there as well on our Facebook page. And Troy, your favorite girl, Michelle Angel, Legends Football League, sort of spotlights the toughest QB in Legends Football League this season. And there she is highlighted in uh, Legends Football League uh, on a video. So check out Michelle Angel and her, her stuff out there. Highlights of the uh, SFA, the Sweden semifinals, Stockholm versus Carl, uh, Carlston Crusaders, Arboro versus Ar- Orlando Jets. And that was also on our page. You can check out the great article on Tony Harris. Um, she's doing an awesome job uh, trying to get up the level and get and reach that level and get that uh, article there as well. And then you have highlights of MIFA versus Montreal Blitz, June 16 highlights of the MIFA football versus Montreal Blitz. Montreal Blitz not playing in a league at this point, but they decided to kind of match up with MIFA uh, during the MIFA season just to keep themselves honed and toned. And so they've done a good job there at, at this point. Um, and then we also have highlights of the Archon Vampires taking on the Hanover Grizzlies of DBL2. It was a matchup of one in five teams. And you can get to see it there also on, on well. So um, let's talk in German. Let's talk German league here, uh, Troy. We're talking D2 German league. And the, there were seven games on the slate uh, at this point. And so um, you had a lot of, lot of matchups here. Uh, uh, Erlingen Sharks. Pretty much top dogs right now. 34-24, they get they edge the Algo Comets. Then you had the uh, Carl, the Battle of the Hurricanes, Carlsheim versus Searland or Sarland, and that was 60 to six. That goes to uh, Clairsheim Hurricanes. Then you had the um, no, uh, Nuremberg Rams, the uh, Regenberg Phoenix, 30 to 28. You had uh, the Stuttgart Scorpions sisters, which are basically the top team right now in DBL2. And they romp out. They pull, they pulled up a Nashville Knights versus Omaha score here, 82-2. They just take care of Mansheim, uh, Bandit, and Bandidess. Then you also have 45-12, to 12, Hamburg Devilins taking on the Brunswick Lions. And then 20-14, to 14, Cologne Roland um, defeated the Bosham Miners. And then, like I said, the score was Arsham Vampires, 34 Hanover Grizzlies eight this coming weekend. It is uh, Hamburg versus Emden Tigers. You're going to get to uh, also match up Odenburg Coyotes taking on Spondo Bulldogs, the uh, Bosham Miners taking on the Hanover Grizzlies, and then on Sunday it's Ergelin Sharks against the Nuremberg Rams, Cologne Ronin 
taking on Balefold Bulldogs, uh, Algu uh, Comets, taking on the Rudgenberg Phoenix. And then you have uh, pretty much those are the matchups this weekend. So we'll keep tabs on those on Facebook and Twitter for you as well. But this league is huge. Um, this is kind of like a almost, I think it's almost like teen weeks of action in DBL2. Their season ends in um, August 5th, Troy. But uh, Germany knows how to play ball. And uh, they have literally two leagues, very competitive leagues at this point. And uh, we'll keep tabs with DBL1. There was only one matchup, uh, Cobras, um, that won this weekend. And we'll get up the score up there, up there on our Facebook page. So uh, Germany, Troy, this is a, it's a season of competition right now until August. And uh, so overseas in Europe, this, the games are still played, even though the WFA is going to end up here in the end of July, you're still going to have games. And then we kick off into Australia right after that. So it never ends. Yeah, and then you have a few of the, of the great athletes who, you know, play in multiple leagues, and that really just allows them to stay in shape. It allows them to keep their skills sharp. Um, so you see a lot of um, athletes going back and forth, um, and, and so I think it, it bodes well. I think it's great for the game uh, to be able to have it be so global like it is, and, and we'll definitely keep our eye on this German league. I mean, you know, especially um, it's just it's just so exciting right now over in Europe to see all of these leagues. You got Finland, you got Sweden. All of these women's football leagues that are popping up, and it's definitely exciting enough for the sport. Yeah, I know. And, and so DBL1 is literally the standard in, in, this, uh, in this league. But DBL2, uh, there's a lot of interest. It's kind of like Tier 2 and Tier 3 in the German league. So it allows, um, it allows some of the players to kind of hone their skills on the lower end of the league before they reach, uh, before they go to the top, in other words, to the Division One League, which I think they've done a good job in Germany. They've done a very fantastic job doing that. So um, it helps out in that sense. Uh, the best team in Germany in DBL2, uh, only allowing 26 points a game, or I mean only allowing 26 points total right now, is uh, the Stuttgart Scorpions. And the league in DB2 is set up literally like the NFL. You have uh, NFL, you know, Group North. Group Southeast, Group Southwest, and you have Group West. Um, so at this point, Hamburg leads Group North at five and one, uh, followed by Spandu Bulldogs four and one, and then uh, Group Southeast uh, four and zero oh undefeated, Ellington Sharks, and then uh, Group Southwest undefeated, uh, Stuttgart Scorpion Sisters, and the uh, Carlson Hurricanes three and one. Then on Group West, we have Colon Ronan six and zero. Oh. And you have the uh, Marchum uh, Miners four and two, so it's a pretty pretty awesome a weekend that's going to be coming up here in uh, uh, AF, AFBD Germany. Um, let me look at the standings for Division One at this point. Uh, the schedule, I believe, was one game this weekend. We have another game coming up in this uh, next weekend as well. So the weekend games here for uh, the fifteenth coming up here will be. Uh, Cologne Falconets will be taking on the Munich Rangers. And then, um, so the uh, results this weekend was champion Berlin Cobras 32-7 to over the Hamburg Amazons. So that means the um, Cobras remain undefeated at this point in um, play. And so uh, one more game this weekend. And they only play an eight-week series in week one uh, versus playing almost 15 weeks in week two, I mean in division two. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, so let me see if I can get the standings. I'm going to 
see if I can get the standings for DBL1 here while we're waiting. Um, I don't know if Mary Rose Roach uh, got confused with time. I don't know if she's um, I'm thinking maybe she got confused with the time at this point because um, she was supposed to call in at 15 after. And so I've messaged back to the Warriors to uh, to the Warriors and see if they could figure out if maybe we got confused with time or maybe she's on a different time zone. Um, so Berlin Cobras, 3-0. and the Hamburg uh, Amazons, uh, Amazons are one and two in the North Division uh, of the um, Division One in Germany, and then over in the South Group South, the uh, Cologne Falconets, two and zero, oh, and then you have the Mainz Golden Eagles, the uh, runner-ups from last year, two and one. So a uh, lot of lot of stuff in Germany to uh, kind of talk it over and stuff, but we'll be we'll be keeping tabs on that. So pretty awesome, Troy. Don't you think? Since you've been on this show, you have no idea that there was, what, women's football in Guam, Europe, Australia, now Brazil, Mexico. Um, so sort of like all over now, worldwide. Yeah, I sure didn't. I mean, I, I really didn't. I mean, I knew I knew we had the women's uh, – I knew we had the WFA, and, and I had heard of the LFL, but I had no idea that it was literally all over the globe. Like, I don't think there's a continent except, you know, I don't know. They may come out with this Antarctica League. I think they're thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, Antarctica like, League. The North Pole <laughs> the North Pole Women's Football League. That's what we're going to be facing Greenland. No. We get we get close so, we get we get close we get close to Sweden and Iceland and uh, Norway so we're there already um, yeah but you know what it, the sport the drive for the sport I mean just the the passion to play football you you know I know you have passion to play soccer and other sports but it's either because you want to take legal aggression on somebody that's the only thing I can think of it drives you I guess. And not to mention, man, it's, in my opinion, it's, it's, the, it's the best sport. It's the most fun sport. Uh, but, you know, you've got to have a certain temperament, a certain mindset to play this game. And, you know, you, so anybody that goes out there and suits up and puts that, that gear on, I always take my hat off to them because not everybody can do that. And it, it does take a special person, a special temperament to be able to play the sport. And, um, and to see these ladies do that and do that at a high level is awesome. I love it. Yeah, and, you know, so much we don't know yet. We have never spotlighted us. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do, but anyways, we have never really spotlighted some of the most amazing, talented women that play this game. And so we're just barely not even at – we're not even at the tip. We're, we're like at the bottom of the – trying to put the spear on, you know what I'm saying? We're still at that level. So, yeah, at some point, we hopefully we get there, you know, with uh, God willing and everything else, we get there. So we end up spotlighting a lot of these amazing women that play this game. Um, so check out our articles on Facebook um, every week. Kind of spotlight some of the articles there. Some of the articles that you see on our Facebook page, as somebody uh, mentioned to me, I can't read. Well, unfortunately, you're going to have to get Google Translate or something because those articles, somebody <laughs> in that country can read them. <laughs> so if you don't speak French or, you know, you don't speak uh, Finnish or Sweden or whatever, uh, you're out of luck, as they say. But we, were, we live in a world where we have everything, even an app to do that. So uh, there's no reason why you can't translate it and stuff. So anyways, translate the stuff as we get it. 
uh, we, we get it from our network partners and we, we're very appreciative for them sending us the information, keeping us in the loop, um, making our Facebook page really the hub for keeping tabs on the world game. And so we're very proud of that. We're very proud of the individuals that obviously spend the time and the resources um, to facilitate that information to us because that shows the love for the sport and they, it shows the, uh, that they want to bring awareness to the sport. So, uh, so yeah, Troy, uh, sometimes you're going to go there and you're like, what? Is this in Spanish? I can't do this. Yes, you can. Just get Google Translate. Uh, it might not translate correctly, but you're, you're, you'll, you'll figure it out. All right, I'm on it. I'm on it. I got it. All right, so let's bring in the uh, – Troy, I finally got to get the legendary Mary Rose Roach to come on the podcast. I have been trying for a long, long time. So let's go into the huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. Get your leggings, shirts, and T-shirts. Use daily codes. Save big. Uh, subscribe to Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks. Get free shipping. And let's bring in to the Gridiron Blitz the legendary Mary Rose Roach, former uh, All-Fantasy, LFL, and WFA All-Star with the Los Angeles Warriors. Mary Rose, how's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me on the show. Mary Rose, we are totally excited. You are like a legend uh, in this sport. Uh, for us fanatics and fans of the sport, and for us that had previously attached to Legends Football League, you were literally the dynamite that we watched on a highlight reel. So uh, thank you for all that you did during that time. I'm just happy to be on the show, and I want to thank you because there aren't that many people that are, or, you know, media folks that are that dedicated to women's football, and you've been there, you know, through the beginning of it. And it's just exciting to be on the show and be a part of something that's been around for so long. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Mary, Mary Rose, you're a legend in Legends Football League as it stands. Um, we want to just kind of bring you on because obviously we've got the weekend coming up here and you have uh, the Warriors in the playoffs and uh, against the Kansas City Titans, and we're going to get to that. But uh, Mary Rose, tell us a little bit about your, you know, you went from the W3 Liberty, Liberty, uh, Liberty Bells and then you right into – uh, Philly passion, and you guys are very successful in Legends Football League in terms of getting to the to the finals. And then at that point, uh, literally you left for a little while, and then kind of resurfaced here in the WFA. So let's let's go back to, in time to let's say 2009 when you were at the Liverpools, and then kind of transition into this LFL thing. Yeah. So how did I get from the WFA to the LFL? Pretty much. How did you get there? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, it wasn't – I definitely didn't think that was going to happen. When the LFL first came out, I didn't think it was serious. Um, It just seemed like, um, you know, a ploy to, you know, pull in, like, models and strippers and try to entertain guys in a non-athletic way. Uh, but, you know, clearly that wasn't the case. I mean, the athletes that I played with and I played against in the LFL were top-notch, top-notch players, top-notch personalities. So I think what got me there was uh, Chandler Brown was the coach at the time. He would come out to all my games and try to get me to play. So I'd see him pop up at, you know, games as like the line judge holding like the first down marker 
just like really persistent, like come out, come out, come out. And eventually I went to a practice and once I met everybody and saw what it was about, you know, I was definitely sold. Mary Rose, the transition and the evolution of the league, you've seen it now. We're in 2018. Uh, it's evolved almost every year. Mitchell has either upgraded or done things to the league at this point to, on TV level and also on the field and everything else, the scheduling and all the logistics is, like, seems to have gotten better. The athletes are now you know, way better. I mean, we're talking collegiate-type athletes that are coming to – what do you think draws them to that style of play at this point? Um, I think the draw was always being a competitor on the stage that you deserve because, you know, there's women athletes that don't get their due unless they play a certain sport. So if they play basketball, um, you know, they'll get on TV, they'll get in magazines, and they'll get a certain type of attention for their talent. Um, and historically with women's football, that hasn't been the case. Mitchell was able to, you know, get girls who are athletic, who have talent, and display that talent on national television or international, you know, arenas. So that's a big deal. I definitely, you know, see the draw there. Mary Rose, you went to uh, – you spent most of the time in Philadelphia, and then you had the injury, I believe, in Las Vegas. How, was the, how did the injury affect your decision to maybe step away from that and maybe come back to the WFA? Um, well, just to correct you, I did come back and play another season with the Philadelphia Passion after my injury. Um, so that year it was the, um, the playoff game where we played L.A. in the finals. And then the following year we had that – it was like a break in the season. So instead of coming back – I think in the fall, we came back in the summer, which gave me more time. And then I came back for another season, and that was the Philadelphia Passions last season. We played Chicago in the finals. Um, so the reason that I stopped playing for the Passion was really because there was no longer a team um, to play on. Uh, so after that, I actually played one season in the, I think it was the IWFL for the Harrisburg Assault. And I, I, figured that would be my last year um and lisa king who's the commissioner of the wfa approached me at an nfl event and she had said that you know la has a great team um and then the other la people contacted me and i just never thought i'd play but it was just you know the team seemed like they had a great organization and they had a, you know a great chance to win and I thought, what the heck? <laughs> you know, I was healthy, and I figured I would give it one more one more season. All right. I'm going to have uh, Troy jump in here with a couple questions for you as well. Go ahead, Troy. Hey, Mary Rose. How's it going? It's going. How are you tonight? Doing well. Doing well. So I, I wanted I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about your experience um, and, and how you got into women's football. So tell me a little bit about your background and, and how you started to uh, go into women's football and your athletic background. Well, I'm not going to lie. I was itching. I was itching to play football as an adult. Uh, I started playing tackle football as a kid in Pop Warner leagues. I played from 8 to 14, and in high school – I knew I couldn't get a scholarship for that, or I just I didn't really feel like I had a shot. So I started playing soccer and track 
Uh, I went to Temple. I ran track and soccer. Uh, I went to law school, and I was playing in all these intramural, like, rec leagues, flag football. And someone on my team just approached me. They're like, you know that women tackle football? And I was like, get the hell out of here. Like, women playing football with pads on? And she's like, yeah. So that year I played for the Liberty Bells, and that was that. I, I, you know, I, I was with it from that point on. I mean, it had, to be an exci- it had to be exciting for you, right? I mean, especially since, you, you know, you wanted to play football at a high level and you wanted to, you know, go on and play uh, after high school. And, and and so to get that chance to go back out there, I mean, how was that when you first got back out on the field? I was pumped. I don't even know how to explain the feeling. Um, I just knew that, you know, when I was growing up, I knew that I had a talent. I think I was always someone that enjoyed the sport to the extent that, you know, you couldn't – I couldn't get enough of it, you know. That, like, as a kid, sometimes you get pushed into sports or you get, like, you know, inundated with people in your face trying to get you to play. Um, me, there was never enough football. Like, I always wanted to be on the field throwing the ball, hitting people. I don't I don't know. It's just a part of my nature. Um, my brother was a huge influence, and he always played, and I just – I just always wanted to play. So when I started with the, the WFA in 2009, it was it felt natural. It felt like finally I was back doing what I was, you know, destined to do, what I was supposed to do. So it felt great. Do you see yourself being, like, more, well, heavily involved with sport going forward? I mean, especially right now that it's being so global and you are one of the greatest, great ambassadors of the game. How do you see yourself going forward uh, being involved with the game, let's say, you know, this year, maybe four or five years down the road? Well, um, I have a nonprofit in Philadelphia, and we work with kids, predominantly girls, teach them how to play football, teach them about the game. Um, So that's something that I really enjoy because I think that uh, if there's a possibility for there to be younger girls playing the sport, um, you know, it's it's just going to grow women's football, you know, to the extent that they'll have more opportunities to be great. Um, so that that's really my passion is kids, teaching them about the sport, getting them exposure. Um, but I'd also like to work with, you know, they still have the team, uh, the Philadelphia Phantoms. Um, I'd love to work with them. Like I've approached them about, you know, coaching and helping the running backs up here. So, you know, nothing major. Uh, I worked with the Jets last year as a scouting intern. It was a great opportunity. Um, so if there's anything in the future at the NFL, like, I, I, you know, I I would be into anything if I could live my life in the, in the football industry. So that would be great. And for my final question, I wanted to ask, how do you see the game progressing forward as far as from a woman's aspect? Because, I mean, now that the game is, is literally global, I mean, you, you, every single country, it seems like, has a women's football league and, and they're playing it at a high level. How do you see the game evolving in the next, say, five years? What I'd like to see is um, higher skill level, um, more attention, more coverage, um, I think if the WFA and the LFL 
can somehow combine, not in the sport, but combine in, you know, the efforts to promote women's football. Um, optimally, I would like to see, you know, the same attention that the NFL gets. I would like to see it's a fraction of that attention, you know. It would be great if it was the same attention, but, you know, let the ladies that play football, you know, get the, the money and the time from networks and whatnot that, that the, the men see. That would be optimal. And it trickles down, you know, all the way down from, like, you know, how we train, how our uniforms are, how the coverage is, how we're promoted. Um, you know, that's what I would like to see. We're on TV. We're making uh, making people interested in it. Then the younger girls are going to see that there's a, a future for them in the sport. Well, I mean, I, just with the work that you're doing with the kids in, in, in Pennsylvania, I, I mean, I, I think that the game is in good hands, and I really appreciate you coming on and also the work that you're doing with those kids. Just, you know, showing them a positive influence and also just, um, you know, spending some time. And I'm, I'm sure they definitely appreciate it, and we definitely appreciate you as well. I appreciate you guys too. Thank you so much for the time tonight. And, um, you know, keep doing what you do. It's, it's much appreciated. Well, Mary Rose, don't leave it. Um, we were going to talk to you about this matchup coming up for Kansas City. So what do you guys see in the Titans that you guys can somewhat get over? Because this is a huge game for you guys, a huge game for them, one step closer to Atlanta. Uh, you've been at that level, uh, championship level. You know, you played in the LFL various times in, at that elite level. And now Los Angeles here looking to uh, advance to that position. So um, you got a lot of playmakers on your team, uh, Priscilla Gardner, you got Lisa King, you got uh, um, your quarterback. Uh, there are a lot of playmakers here. So where do you, where do you think this matchup's going to go on this Saturday? I mean, much respect to Kansas City. I think they're a great team. They have a lot of size. Um, they have some playmakers as well. Uh, I just see this year, um, my first time being on uh, the Warriors, uh, they're a team that has it together. They're a team that has a lot of unity. Um, they play for each other. They play for the win, but they play for each other. Um, I was welcomed into the family like I had been there the whole time. So I think that uh, when it comes down to heart, I think this team has it. I think they have the talent. It's going to be a great game, but um, I just I, – I don't know. I I definitely see our team – I'm sorry, the Warriors um, bringing more to the table. Uh, the talent is there. And, you know, they just they just have it this year. They've crushed every team. We've crushed every team that we've played. Um, and we have the confidence and, I guess, the heart to, to take this one. I, I, see that, I see us making it all the way to the, uh, to the chip. All right. And I'm excited. If that doesn't happen, is that going to be deflating at this point based on the schedule that you guys played or lack of schedule that you guys played? Do you think that's maybe an issue that could come up? Uh, of course. I know that was part of the rankings. Um, but like I said, I think we have a lot of girls that have, you know, been in battles before with uh, top-notch teams. I mean, the girls from the Los Angeles team and the, I believe, the the, the War Eagles, uh, a lot of girls came from that team. These are teams that have been in the playoffs and in the championship game several times before this year. So whether our schedule was tough or not, this isn't the first time that these girls have been battle tested, so um, I'm I'm really confident that we're gonna we're gonna get there. 
to the chip. All right. Um, Aaron Roach, um, do you feel like you're going to be in the LFL Hall of Fame at some point? Do you think Mitchell's going to allow that for you? I mean, you are deserving of that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think that um, that when it comes down to the the the, um, the stats and the and the talent and the skills and what uh, I did in the LFL, that that would be the only thing that would determine whether or not whether or not I get in the LFL Hall of Fame. But you know, I don't I don't know. It's been so long that I've been out of the league. I really don't know how they evaluate someone's. Um, deservingness of being in it in the Hall of Fame. So, if if I deserve it and that's the deciding factor, then I hope I'm in it. But if there are other factors that determine if I get in there, then you know that's that's out of my control. You know. Well, I think you're deserving of it. So we will we will try to push that for you to get you to that uh, stage because I think you were uh, very talented, amazing. A lot of fans. You have a lot of fans from that time that you spent there. Uh, that uh, obviously understood what you brought to the table, the, the amazing plays uh, and everything else. And now we get to see you in playoff mode in the Women's Football Alliance. And so the WFA has done a great job in the last couple seasons uh, with tier differences and all that. So, uh, Mary, get a, give us your vision. Do you think we're going in the right direction for the big gorilla to pay attention? I do, and I think Lisa King is doing a great job. I mean, she has a great vision. She has a good network of people that she's working with. Um, and I think the, the the league has, you know, year after year made progress. So I only see, you know, the I only see the graph swinging up. You know, I see that there's there's been a consistent improvement in the league, and, and I think that she'll get it there. So, yeah, I, de- I definitely see that. And if I can do anything, like I've also, you know, told her that I – I'd love to volunteer my time and do anything I can to, you know, assist with the forward progression. Um, I'm all about it. I'm just excited to be a part of it. Mary, I'll bring it up. Maybe you can have an opinion on it, but I have said for about three years now that somebody needs to sit down in a room and gather a couple owners and put an East Coast WFA pro mentality, and I mean a pro league, really sit down and start talking about maybe – some D3 schools for a couple stadiums to put together, similar to what the National Women's Hockey League did with, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and all that. Um, do you feel like that maybe would be the uh, a step where the NFL maybe takes the project as a value for venturing? Do you think if you introduce the six best teams on the East Coast in a, you know, eight weeks matchup, just like they do in, you know, in uh, – in lacrosse, or they do a national in the women's lacrosse leagues and the women's soccer leagues and the women's hockey leagues. Do you think that's maybe the way to go just to get the attention and maybe eventually they see value just like the NBA did with the WNBA? So I couldn't agree more. I think that it's a great model. Um, but let's think about what's the prerequisite there, right? So how do we get the attention? How do we get the draw? And that takes the money and the promotional that like commitment in dollars, right? Because if we're promoting it, it does take money to fill the stands. Because that's one thing that the women's tackle football arena, right? Not the LFL women's tackle football arena. Um, the dollars are what, are what will get people spending money in the stands because not enough people know about it. You know, it doesn't have the draw because it's not sold in a way 
where you have, you know, the the videos cut in like the, you know, the, you know, I, I can't even explain like how, you know, how they do the media and the marketing p- part of it, but what you see in the LFL, right, there's a lot of dollars put into the promotional side of it, and that's where you get the fans coming in. Um, but if you get the dollars in promotion, most definitely, you could definitely fill stands and um, and make that model work. So, so I think it's possible. Do you think the, yes. Do you think the East Coast? You think the East Coast Mary Rose is is the place where it maybe will launch better that way, where they you get the attention for to get the dollars because you're closer to New York. There's a lot of uh, female brand uh, uh, sponsors out there that have not been approached, and I think when you get to that level. If the if the NFL sees value, I think that's where we're at. It's like, can we put you know four teams or five teams or six teams? I mean, nowadays with social media and as well with uh, you know basic uh, um, reachable cable outlets out there that are willing to try to take on a business, I think it's something to brainstorm. But uh, I think closer to the NFL would be the way to go because you represent some very good quality franchises. You know, Boston's a very good quality franchise. DC's got quality ownership. Pittsburgh's got quality ownership. Prior to that, Chicago Force had a really good, you know, stable ownership. Uh, there's a couple of teams in that East Coast that could really stand out in terms of a, you know, 6-8 team that would maybe get the attention of the big gorilla. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know what? Uh, the playoffs this year have been so exciting. Yeah. So exciting for everybody. With, yeah. With the, um, with the geographic like the teams are closer, the teams have a following. I I couldn't agree more. It it does make sense to get something out here started. But again, like with you with your saying that there are people out there that want to sponsor, the thing is like have they come to the table? You know, they they have to come to the table, put the money down so that they can grow. You know, that that's what I think it, it's really about is getting the money, yeah, getting I the think, dollars for promotion. I think the Atlanta Phoenix leadership is one of the key people they probably need to need to brainstorm with so they do a great job of trying to get that done so you got to get a, a couple strong teams on that east coast with uh, some strong owners with some very key marketing mentalities put together in a in a boardroom and i think it will work it's just a matter of what do you call it uh suggesting to the big gorilla that this is no different than nfl europa and i think once we get to that level they'll see value in it so um so mary rose thank you for making the time today i really appreciate you changing your schedule and coming in at this time and uh I really, really wish you well this weekend against the Kansas City Titans, and then uh, we'll look forward to see if you uh, advance to Atlanta after this Saturday. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. All right, safe travels. Uh, we'll look forward to the result on Saturday, and uh, maybe we'll chat in the future here as well. Thank you once again for making the time. All right, take care. Bye-bye. So that was uh, Troy, legendary LFL standout and all fantasy superstar Mary Rose Roach as well as WFA All-American with the uh, LA Warriors and she's going to be taking on our next guest in the no joke football huddle which is the phenom Brooke Leash of the Kansas City Titans in the house here on the uh, Gridiron Blitz so let me bring her on here uh, get her going here and so Troy uh, your thoughts on Mary Rose Roach here Man, that was a great interview, man. I mean, you could just tell the passion that she has for the game. And, um, you know, growing up in that Philadelphia area, I mean, that's, you know, that's 
football is a big deal up there. I mean, sports is a big deal in that area. So just for her to grow up that way and and hearing the story about her finally getting a chance, uh, you know, to keep going on with her dream and playing football, especially at, at the high level that she was at, the LFL and later on the WFA, I mean, it's just an inspiring story. And then also the work that she's doing with the kids in Philadelphia, you know, working with girls in, in the Philadelphia area, I think that's just excellent. So great talking to her and great hearing her story. All right, so let's go see if we can uh, bring in Brooke here and see, uh, get her inside here. Let's get her on the board here. So let's see, uh, Brooke, are you on? Uh, how's it going today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you're here with me uh, alongside Troy Wilson, and uh, we are talking Titans playoffs. Are you excited? Yes, I am very excited. All right, so Brooke, what what are you looking forward to Saturday here? Uh, big win. There, there. It's a big matchup for you guys. This is uh, sort of similar to a Dallas Elite team that you've had, faced in the past. So um, this is kind of like Odessa's team in a way. They got a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. What have you been uh, scouting on them? Um. I would say the most part I've been scouting over on them is their defense, on how they play their defense. And, uh, you know, what route am I supposed to throw? We've been studying him for two weeks now straight. I have a really good feeling, you know, they have playmakers and we have playmakers. But overall, our stats are more better than they have. But it it will be a good game. I'm not saying it won't. It's probably going to be the biggest game of the year. But we played Minnesota Vixens and Dallas Elite, and we beat them. What do you think of your playmakers? You got Sowers and Lee out there. Uh, is this what you guys are going with? The 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 combination that has worked so far. I, I know it worked against Arlington pretty pretty well. So what have you and Liz been working on that maybe will give you the edge against Los Angeles? Um, we've been working on routes. You know, getting them just perfect to where they don't. Uh, Los Angeles doesn't know what we run. You know, they'll find out in, when we get into the game. But it doesn't matter. It's all in if they can stop our play. But we have all those playmakers like Britt Williams, number 12, our running back, who can run outstanding and ha- is the number one running back in the WFA, has over 1,000 yards. We have Liz Sowers, our wide receiver. And then we have Krishna Lee at H-back and other positions. You know, she's great on defense. Liz is great on defense. Um, I feel like the Titans have all their heads into the game, and we have everything down. We're ready, and we cannot wait till Saturday. And, uh, Brooke, talk about your defense. They have been light-out defense. I mean, to put up – to shut out Arlington and then to take care of, uh, of Dallas Elite. Uh, this is going to be a big obstacle. Uh, Los Angeles, not as, you know, not like a Dallas Elite or Arlington Impact, but y- y- your defense has played so well during the season. Yes, they have. Uh, every game we have played this year, you know, we're 8-1. and one. We lost to the Minnesota Vixens. But every game we've played, our defense played 110%. You know, if the offense messed up, 
defense would always come back and make a big play to bring it back. And that's when we would start winning again. Um, our defense put puts a stop to every play they do. They Hardly anybody can get past our defense. Brooke, against Arlington, you guys struggled early in the first two quarters. Uh, you guys were switching off with Haley and yourself. And then all of a sudden, uh, you guys got rolling in the second half. You and, and uh, Liz and uh, Lee, they got together here. And then it just started to just sort of just uh, – Arlington just literally they collapsed on them, basically. You guys just started to punch it in and punch it in. And a combination of your game there. And then all of a sudden, it's 67 points and you guys get the win. Yes, I I think it all has to do with our tempo. Um, you know, we're a no huddle team, and we always have temp, has we have tempo. We're ready for the next play. You know, I get it out to all my players. We're ready. Everybody knows what they're doing. And at the first half, we were struggling. We were losing two to zero, but then we all got our heads together, and I talked to my offense, and we just started. You know, thinking the same way of, of what would work. You know, we change some things when we're on the field, thinking, you know, if this don't work, try this. And it did work. We won 67 to, what, 10 or something? Yeah, 67 to 10. Let's bring in Troy Wilson here to pick your brain on what's going to happen Saturday here. So, Troy, take it away. Hey, Brooke, how's it going? Great. How are you? Going well. Um I wanted to ask you, um, you know, with, you know, all the that you guys can put up and, you know, along with the defense right now, you're looking at a pretty tough L.A. team coming in there, but you guys have so much firepower and you guys have so much experience and, and, and leadership. I, how do you feel going into this game? I mean, I can hear the excitement in your voice, but is it, are you looking forward to this matchup or you you have a little bit of trepidation going in and maybe not knowing what L.A. has really in store or are you like fully prepared for this game? I feel like I'm fully prepared. You know, I've been watching film on them, studying what they do. Everybody on our team is ready to go out there and just beat them. We're ready to get to the championship, and I'm ready to take my team to the championship as a 17-year-old quarterback. You know, this is this is a big game for me because this is my only, you know, you only have one chance. If we don't win, we're done. If we win, we go to the championship. And I want to get my team to the championship. That's how bad I want it. And that's how bad I'm going to get my team's head into the game and to get stuff started just like the whole game should be. And we don't, once we start, we don't stop. We'll just keep scoring and scoring. You know, L.A. is a tough team. But I, I have a big confidence for this team on Saturday, and I cannot wait for this game. Uh, do you think that home field is going to play a big part? Do what? I'm at home. That's going to be a huge get for you guys. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? Sorry about that. I said, you know, this is going to be a home game for you guys. How do you think that the home crowd is going to play into this? Is it going to be a big factor for you guys? Um, You know, every away game we've played, you know, some we've won. You know, we've lost to the Minnesota Vixens at home. But then when we when they came to our house, 
we don't let nobody beat us at our house. You know, we have a full crowd at all of our games supporting all of us, cheering us on, and that's what gives our team confidence in winning and to make us go out there and win because everybody wants that ring really bad. Not only them, but me as myself, as a 17-year-old QB. And just the fact that you are 17, you're, you're, you're going into becoming a high school senior this year, right? Yes, I am. This, this is great. I mean, this is going to be a huge stage for you, and I just I can hear the readiness in your voice, and I, I'm getting excited about it myself. I just, you know, I really can't wait to see you guys out there and play this game this Saturday. And um, I, I really think you guys are going to have to – you guys are going to have a great game out there. I definitely believe that. I, yeah, I feel the same way. Do you have any questions, Troy? Is that it? That's all I have. All right. Um, so, Brooke, uh, we're all anticipating this. A lot of scenarios here. If you get past L.A., uh, then you get to face either Congaldi of the D.C. Divas or you're going to have to take on Cahill of the Boston Renegades, which is another obstacle. So your story keeps growing in terms of what you've done from year one last year to this year. And your experience, do you think it's, it's helped you that you're playing on a D1 team that plays pretty much good caliber teams on the schedule? Do you think that's helped you grow? Yeah, I feel like last year, you know, we had an, I wouldn't say easy schedule, but we had some hard games and, you know, we went to the first round of the playoffs and lost to the Minnesota Vixens at home. But from me growing from last year to this year, I've learned so much more. You know, I've played football for 12 years now. I've played with the boys. And I know just about anything a quarterback can know. Um I study my plays. I know what route to throw to and whatnot. You know, I know what the de- what the defense is playing. But I I feel like I have grown more than I have ever had. And this year we've had the hardest schedule. You know, playing the Dallas Elite, going in there nervous because we've lost to them previous years. Um, you know, when Katie Sowers played, they lost to them. We lost to them last year, or we didn't play them last year, but we went in and went out strong, and we beat them this year. And then we lost to the Minnesota Vixens at their home, and then we came back and beat them at our house. So you feel uh, that all this is battle-tested for you? In other words, you feel like this has made you grow as a better quarterback in, in two years here? Because from outside looking in, we're looking at you evolving into a, a better uh QB, and then you also have some very good pieces this year in terms of Kansas City, right? You have a lot of good personnel that came into camp this year from, you know, various teams like the Slam and other uh, other players that were returning players on your team. So I think everybody's hungry, just like you are, to, to get a championship finally. Yes, we are definitely ready for that ring. Do you feel like at this point Saturday is – going to be the, the biggest test for you in terms of, a, of the playoffs, in terms of a playoff state, because you're one step closer to getting to the a national championship. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if something ends up happening and we don't win, we're done. But I have 
to go out there and I have to prove myself as a QB that I can lead my team to the championship because the quarterback is the number one job on the team. They, the quarterback has to score the plays. You know, I go in there strong, tough. You know, I get hit hard all the time, but I just get right back up because I'm hungry and I'm, I'm fighting to win. Uh, Brooke, tell us a little bit about your running backs and your H-backs. What have they contributed to your success, or what have you contributed to their success? Are, are you guys – you said you guys are on the same page, pretty much can communicate pretty well. Is this what we're looking for on Saturday, a, a, a pretty much a good cohesive unit on offensively? Oh, yeah. You know, all my, all my girls on my offense, we're all on the same page. Um, we have a strong H-back strong tailback, and hardly nobody can stop them. They're, they're hard to stop. I can't even stop them in practice. Nobody can. Um, you know, we have – I feel like we're going to be able to run all over their defense. You know, we've done it to every team we've played this year. What is your coaching staff telling you right now? Are we are they sticking to the same game plan that you've done so far this season? We're not making any changes here except for maybe matchup changes. Is that is that the mindset right now? We're still sticking uh, sticking to no huddle. Um, you know we we've changed a lot of stuff uh, going into the playoffs. You know, so um, we've had we would have new plays and stuff. Uh, we're still doing the no huddle because we do. We're a tempo offense. We're ready to get out there, run the play. We all know the play, and we get set and we go. We don't wait. We go. We're nonstop, especially our defense. Our defense is ready 24/7, and hardly anybody's going to be able to stop us. Brooke, you got Maddie Roses out there. You got Liz Sowers. Uh, you got a bunch of weapons out there. So. Um, your reads very important against a, a defense that hasn't allowed many points up to this point. So uh, are you keen on, on certain personnel or is it just your check downs always? It's, it's mostly my check downs. You know, I'll see what route I'll read the play and I'll know what route is open. And if it's not open, I just check down to the next route. What did you see from uh, – what did you get from Liz this season that maybe changed everything? Because she's been there a long time. This is also an opportunity for her. It's one step closer for her to kind of get to the national championship. She's won a uh, international championship. So this would be kind of icing on the cake for you and her uh, to get to that level and, and, and get to Atlanta. Yes. Um, you know, she's, she's had a rough year this year. Uh, with her dad in the hospital and all that. And, you know, I want to do my end to get not only her, but the team to the championship. She's gone through all this hard stuff, her and Katie. Um, you know, when we played Denver, last play of the game, we had four seconds left. The coach said, bet you won't run another play. Well, then I looked at Liz and I told her to do a go. She did a go. Through an 80, it was an 81-yard touchdown, and she went to the end zone crying because I – promised her that I would get her a touchdown for her dad. That's awesome for you. We saw that play. That was pretty awesome in the corner angle there, just wide open. Nobody anticipated it. So, um, Brooke, 
I really appreciate you uh, supporting our brand and bringing awareness and doing everything you do for uh, girls football as well and for the youth. But uh, I would never have thought in a million years, two years ago, uh, that you would be at this level and at this stage one step closer to the national championship. And I said it before on the radio, we're kind of biased because we've been supporting you for so long. But uh, we are very, very proud of what you've done so far. And like you said, you're not done yet. We've got one more game on Saturday. So we're hoping that uh, you and your team uh, go to battle against Los Angeles. It's going to be a very good matchup, I think, on both sides of the ball. And uh, we'll see who ends up winning on Saturday. Yes, we will. All right. Uh, have safe travels. We'll look forward to the uh, matchup on Saturday. Thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. Say hi to your dad for me. Uh, who made arrangements for us. And uh, so go Titans. Thank you. Have a good one, bro. All right, Troy, there you go. The Phenom, Brooke Leash. Going up against Mary Rose Roach and the L.A. Warriors Saturday. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can do some billing, right, some artic, some promo stuff. Um, but anyways, it's going to be an awesome game. Warriors, Titans, winner moves on to Atlanta for the uh, championship, and they're either going to face um, D.C. or Boston. So huge Tier 1 matchups coming up in the WFA. Oh, yeah, star power. I mean, you got. I mean, you got. I mean, I was. You got. I mean, this will be a huge matchup. And I, I, this one, man, I, I don't know. That be a, a great matchup. Both teams are, are flying high, of course, all in the playoffs, and, and not to mention what they care. This is, man, I definitely have to tune up for this game. It's going to be just awesome, off the same way. All right, so uh, you guys can go to the Zazzle shop at Zazzle.com, Great Iron Beauties. Uh, go check out and get some gear. You can look at the uh, awesome gear that we have on display on our Facebook page as well as our highlight reel here on uh, Block Talk. And don't forget to tune in on Apple Podcasts and here on TuneIn, and we're off, obviously everywhere. So you get to listen to Troy, myself, 24-7. You can also get to listen to Louise Bean, Tracy Brick, and Holly Custis. And uh, Holly put out a nice uh, piece. Uh, the perspective of her season in the IWFL, the season of contradictions, Troy, by Holly Custis. And uh, so it's a great piece on there. And, and who better to analyze the IWFL disaster of 2018 than uh, the WFA All-Star Holly Custis? I'm with you on that one. Uh, and if I could just have one message for the IWFL, just fix it. Just fix it. Fix it, please. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a sad state. But anyways, a great article by Holly Custis. So check it out. It's on our Facebook page. You can get it on the group boards as well. It is the Season of Contradictions. You can check it out there. And uh, she did a great job on it and get some feedback there as well. Um, you can get the updates on FXL Final, the Silver Division. Everything happening in Mexico in the WFL, uh, as well as uh, some of the other leagues in Mexico that are playing legend-style play. And so we look forward to Atlanta taking on Chicago Bliss this weekend. It is uh, Jane Conwell taking on Dakota Hughes and the uh, rematch. <laughs> it is the match of grudge match. It's going to be Chris Dale Harris taking on the Chicago Bliss and Coach Hack. So that's going to be pretty, uh, pretty awesome 
to watch this coming weekend. So uh, I'm kind of pumped for that as well. Uh, B2, we talked about Minnesota uh, is going to be taking on Mile High. That's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Mile High looking for the upset here. If they beat Minnesota for some reason, this is an upset. Uh, Brooke, we just talked to, if she gets past Los Angeles, you can consider this a huge win for her because in two years she's gotten to this level and she would be going up against either Congaldi or Cahill. And on the same token, right, Troy, your, uh, your girl out there in D.C., Congaldi, no different than Brooke here. If she takes down Cahill, huge stepping stone since replacing Hamlin. Yeah, big time. I mean, that's, you know, you're replacing, you know, a starter that's been there forever, a champion. And to, to make that, that transition uh, just, you know, rather seamless, especially when it comes to the ball circuit. I mean, you've you got to attribute that to a lot of leadership, and you got to give her a lot of credit for that, for, for, for holding up the helm um, and continuing that championship pedigree. All right, and we got the best of the West Women's Football Championship coming up here July 19th through the 21st, Las Vegas, Nevada. You can get all the info at info at bestofthewestfootball.com. You can go to our Facebook page, get the link for the event there. The big four, bestofthewest.com, bestofthewestfootball.com, Seattle Majestics, Texas Elite Spartans, San Diego Surge, Utah Falcons, three-day tournament will include an owner's forum, players clinic, an evening social event. And it will be uh, the rosters are set. They're on the uh, best of the West football page, um, Facebook page, two weeks until July 19th here. It is number one, Utah, taking on number four, Seattle, 6 p.m. on the 19th. Number two, Texas Elite Spartans, taking on number three, Surge, 8 p.m. on the 19th. And so our own Holly Custis and our QB, Louise Bain, will be going up against each other, Troy. Louise Bain, Holly Custis on crossing the lines of the scrimmage there. Isn't that great? I do call it this. Gonna bash it out. That's epic right there. That's epic. So we, we definitely have to have them on after that bash. So yeah, I, I definitely want to hear how it was out there to compete against each other. That's gonna be great. You know Custis just wants to take a licking on um, Bean and you know Bean just wants to tear up that Seattle defense. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, that's the way it has to be, man. You know, I mean, they're both competitors, and you know, I think it's kind of maybe mutual respect. But, you know, it's a little bit of healthiness. You want to kind of embarrass you, you know, especially in the sport that we need a lot of that way. So, definitely looking forward to that matchup. That's going to be great. All right, guys. So, we have uh, our co host, QB, Louise Bean of the Utah Falcons, will be taking on Seattle Majestics. Uh, Holly Custis, and that's going to be July 19th in Vegas. They're both not on our podcast because they're training between now and the 19th to get ready for this clash. And so uh, it's going to be a great matchup there. And there's no love loss there. Uh, but hopefully after this, uh, they'll be fine on the radio because I don't think they sit next to each other. So that's, that's always good. Right. Yeah, you never know what can happen between competitors, man. I don't get that matchup out of the way for us. Yeah, no, and you know what? It's a great event. So, um, what do you, what do we expect? We expect a, a great game, and I think it's going to be a good tournament. So, hopefully, it's something that leads to um, a better, you know, a better situation than that. So, 
Um, so, Troy, I, the only thing I was going to talk about here is um, there's two topics that came up. The NFLPA uh, announced that they want to sit down and talk about this anthem uh, stance that the NFL had put out previously. And then um, Sporting News reports that the college football member of the college football Madden game was uh, has not been basically produced for a long time because of legal legality with the players. So now they're looking to see if they can make an arrangement of some sort with the NCAA. So let's start on the anthem thing. I think this is something they're going to have to be discussing once more time. I don't know if the players union has any real leg to stand on at this point, but uh, it's an ongoing conversation from what it was uh, showcased today. Uh, earlier today. Yeah, and honestly, I think it needed to happen. I just think that, you know, um, the NFL needs to understand that just because they may not agree with protest or stance, their players are human beings too. And if they feel like they want to bring light to something, and, you know, if it's not going to be kneeling, it's, you know, maybe it would be something that they that the NFL would be more productive. And it's just, I just think it would be healthy enough just to open up the outlaw to some at least. Um, especially when it comes to a protest. That's what protest is about. Um, I agree with the message of the NFL players who decide to kneel, or you know, I don't agree with the, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as being disrespectful to the flag. I just, I just see it as them, you know, protesting their stance on it. And I'm just glad that they're going to go ahead and have some kind of dialogue about it. I think that's the healthy part of it. And that's whether you know you agree on one side or not. I just think they should all sit down and talk about, you know, how they should go about this. On the college thing, Troy, you know, that was kind of like an iffy thing because if you allow uh, certain players in college to be sponsored or get sponsorship, then you're kind of neglecting the whole team because now you're just putting certain players up there with skill set. So that's totally different than the NFL where the player and the league and the, um, you know, the, the union uh, as a union, get collectively funded with it where the player uh, represents themselves or they represent the Players Association and everybody gets some sort of piece of the pie, basically. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, that's what it's really about. It's about the money. And you... You... I, can, I think no. you're cutting out. Are you cutting out? So, Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, that that's always been a spot of contention as far as athletes and whether or not the college athletes are going to get paid. And you have to think about it. I mean, the only ones who are not getting paid, um, you know, from, you know, or getting any of the proceeds from these games are the people that are actually playing the games. And it just, if you're looking at it on that level, it has to be inherently unfair. I mean, everyone else around them is making money, except for the people that are actually actually there to see. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you look at it. And if you just look at it from that standpoint, and I know it's a hard thing to do, but if you look at it from that standpoint, it's not fair. And, you know, 
people come out and they say, well, they're getting a free education and they're supposed to be student athletes. That's true. But if you stop being an athlete, then, you know, they're going to take away your scholarship. So, therefore, you're actually working for the university. But they're the only ones that's not being paid. I mean, you're physically working for the university to make the university money. I mean, that's why these universities are, are as big as they are. So, for the players not to get some kind of, um, you know, uh, some kind of financial uh, you know, benefit from that, I just think, honestly, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I, I just think eventually it should change. Not to mention that the NCAA is just a governing body. They're not really – they have nothing to do uh, physically with the um, the colleges. They're just a governing body of the athletic um, conferences. So they really don't technically have any power. So I really right now the NCAA is like a it's a house of cards to me. You're built on this premise. It doesn't even have a real premise. I mean, it doesn't make sense for the guys that are actually you're there to see. It doesn't make sense that they don't get money from that. It just doesn't. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that you have to kind of evolve on because it's got to be some sort of percent of of revenue, but how do you do that when, you know, you're, like you said, it's more of the college benefiting from anything. Where in the NFL, the rights are built in within the union and the percent of of sales was going to get evenly divided within the league or the union and the player. So you get a little bit more structure or arrangement that way. Or the other side, like you said, the player ends up losing out no matter what. So I think that's why they haven't gone back there because based on the legal matter, they just uh, EA didn't want to lose more money on that lawsuits. Yeah, and, and you, you know, anytime you got money flying out of the window, some things have changed like that. And, and EA is, you know, their money is pretty long, and hopefully they can come up with some kind of agreement. Because I do miss playing the NCAA football games. Those were one of the things that I would do is play the NCAA game in Madden every single year whenever these things would come out. And it was just a great thing for me. But, you know, what? if they can't come to an agreement, I get it. Um, you know, something, hopefully they do come to some some kind of agreement. But if they don't, you know, we just have to live with it as it is. But I'm going to just go back on the record one more time and say this. They need to pay the player. They need to figure a way to pay the player. And if it's like everybody gets the same amount so you can keep um, so you can keep order because when it comes down to it, if that's the case, then most of these colleges will just, you know, go to whoever's paying you the most amount of money. So they have to keep some kind of, um, you know, way of getting these teams to, you know, maybe be on the same level as far as the same playing field when it comes to finances. So it's just it's going to be a lot that goes into it, but hopefully they get it figured out. Yeah, I think that's where we're at now. So um, before we get out of here, uh, the Maple League will take a week off this week uh, over in Finland. The SAJL will take a week off in Finland. Uh, the score last week, uh, or on the 7th, it was 50-23. Uh, to 23, The St. Petersburg Valkyries, the Russian team, defeating Tampere St. And then uh, you can – the other is the uh, Helsinki Roosters uh, taking on the Wolverines. It was 27-0, Wolverines – beating Helsinki Roosters. There is no matchups coming up this week in Finland. It will be July 21st and the 22nd, week five, and that will be on the 21st. Uh, It will be the Helsinki Roosters taking on the winless Saints. 
And then you also have St. Peter's with Valkyries taking on the champs, Wolverines. And uh, this is kind of like they play week out, week out, and then they kind of match up with each other. So uh, the last time Wolverines met with the Valkyrie was week two, and uh, the Wolverines edged the Valkyrie 28-20. to 20. So it should be a great matchup coming up, not this, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after the 21st and the 22nd. And then it will be week six after that. So two more weeks left in the Finnish League, the SAJL, and then we start the playoffs, obviously, in August 11th and 12th is the semifinals, and the final will be uh, finals weekend will be August 18th and 19th. So uh, that's the roundup there for that. And we talked about Germany. We talked about Sweden. Congratulations once again to the Carlsbad Crusaders out in Sweden. They defeated the Orable Black Knights 30-22 to to win the 2018 championship huge ass trophy if you haven't checked it out on our facebook page go check it out uh, very very huge trophy uh so uh they do a good job out there with their fanfare and everything else so very very awesome so check out our facebook page don't forget to follow us on youtube and i really appreciate everybody subscribing to our youtube channel we're almost close to 100 subscribers on youtube i really really appreciate it go to youtube.com forward slash great iron beauties uh, you can get the link on our Facebook page as well. So check out uh, the amazing shared videos of girls playing American football globally from everywhere, from Legends Football League, Europe, Australia, Guam, uh, Mexico, you name it. And it is right there. Shared videos from YouTube uh, of girls playing American football internationally as well as in North America. So go to youtube.com forward slash grid iron beauties. Troy, what a show. Uh, last minute here. I, I, Punched in legendary uh, running back and LA Warriors current running back, Mary Rose Roach. And then we got the phenom, Brooke Leash, getting ready to take on the LA Warriors this weekend, Saturday. So big, big weekend and big, big podcast. Yeah, big weekend. Play that game, some LFL battles coming up. Uh, that's the week for them. Uh, we got the team, Atlanta versus all right so for uh troy wilson for the absent holly custis tracy brick and louise bean who are getting ready out there in uh, vegas for this next two weeks here july 19th it's going to be uh the best of the west tournament it is july 19th to the 21st and then we're getting ready for the wfa playoffs this weekend tier one tier two and tier three plus legends football league action chicago versus atlanta you can also watch the demolished 80 to 0 win by the nashville knights against the omaha heart a legend style play there and you can also catch this weekend's games uh over in finland so we'll get the matchups there as well in finland uh once they come up and beat up for our, our coverage and we're going to probably get some coverage hopefully from our german network and try to get that going as well so Check out the Facebook page at facebook.com, Gridiron Beauties. And then you can also go to our Twitter feed daily for insight notes and everything else at Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and go to our Snapchat. Snapchat takeovers plus um, brand specials out there. So, uh, Troy, great show. We'll catch you here next week. Safe, safe travels, buddy. And uh, we'll, we'll keep, uh, catch tabs on Tuesday as the results three in the WFA come out and we'll see who advances to the WFA championship. If you want tickets for the event, 
WFAChamps.com, WFAChamps.com. So for Oscar Lopez and the rest of the crew, and including Troy Wilson, catch you here next week on the Great Air Blitz right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, and Block Talk Radio. Have a great night, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.